How do I find the time to rebuild my self-worth when I'm running on E? I have nothing left for anyone else. So there's no way I'm going to have anything left for myself. Today's episode is about the push, pull, or drag version of your self-worth and what you will attract if you allow yourself to sit there for too long. Let's get started. Hey, this is Beandrine, formerly known as, oh, good Lord, we don't have time for that. This is My Self-Worth is a Size Zero, a podcast brought to you by Embolden Label. Here, you'll turn your negative inner dialogue into a goal-crushing identity. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you let someone see you from the inside out? That's what I thought. Okay, so let's get rolling on today's episode. I'm so excited for this one because when I think of running on E in a traditional sense, I think of running on empty, right? Like my gas in my car is out and I am now outside of my car pushing it to try to keep that momentum going. Oh, I feel this. You know, in some ways, I feel like I was running on E for close to 14 years of my adult life, which is almost my entire adult life. And I have a lot of reasons for this. I'm not going to get into all of that today. However, I want you to also think about running on E if you are someone who is possibly running on everyone else's opinion of you. And I know that's a hard one for all of us. We grew up hearing that, don't care what people think of you. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about them. They don't matter. Um, But the truth is they do. They do matter. Those voices do matter. And, you know, they say sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. This is an age old problem. And it's something that used to have these gimmicks. You know, as kids, we used to be told these things to make us more resilient and stronger and maybe for some of you that worked, and if if you did, I want you to be a guest on the show, so I want you to email me um, so that we can line that up. But my issue with this rhetoric is that oftentimes the opinions that land on us, the things we're packing around that are negative about ourselves, come from people we love dearly. Now, sometimes those people don't love us back. Sometimes they do, and they don't know how badly they've hurt us. Sometimes there's someone who, by societal accounts, is supposed to love us, but they lack the ability, the empathy, and the awareness to give something to you that they quite literally don't possess. And so sometimes when I think of you are just running on E or empty, it can be more like a gas tank that just continues to deplete until there's quite literally nothing left. So in yesterday's episode, we talked about this internal self-worth measuring system. Now, I made this up. So this is not a, there's no rule. There's, this isn't like a test. But think about it. If you had to rate your self-worth on a scale from 0 to 10, where would you put your average belief of yourself? Where would you rate it? And we talked about how there's so many things in our life that we build our value on, that we build our identity on. And most of those things are a measuring system. So we talked about how much money we make and we talked about how good we are at something, um, you know, how high of scores we can achieve. 
Now, I happen to be in a season of my life where this is incredibly helpful for me. Um, I could say, like I did yesterday, where my average self-worth sits on that scale as if it is an actual size system that I'm sort of growing into. Now, I mentioned yesterday, I like not being a 10 on that scale because I still I still, I like who I am. I like that things affect me. I like that I have the ability to be introspective and really look at my blind spots and address what I can still change and fix and grow into. Now, here's the thing. Not everybody is in a season of life like that. And I know that because I spent a lot of years in a very different season. And that season was, I am running on E. I'm empty. I've got no energy. I'm sick of everybody else's opinions. I just cannot do this anymore. And the crazy thing about a season like that is nobody's standing there filling your gas tank. It is one of the most lonely, depressing, anxiety-driven seasons because you are likely in a situation where you feel kind of stuck. You don't really know how to get yourself out of it. You continue to give because that's who you are and you, you know, you, you, people need you. You have, you have a role to play. And so you give and you give and you give and there's literally nothing left. And it seems like in those seasons of life when our self-worth is like an empty gas tank and we are on zero, we actually attract more of what is currently and has brought us into this really broken state that we're in. I was going to share a story with you today about the time I lost my voice. And that's totally metaphorical. I never actually lost my voice. Um, However, I flubbed the national anthem in high school at a very important varsity football game. And I was ridiculed for it. And that was the day that I decided I would never sing again. Now, I will tell you that story, and I have shared it here on the podcast before, but one of the biggest challenges about overcoming some of these negative labels that you've allowed to be transferred to you in in kind of this like broken identity or this broken belief system is that sometimes the stories that you have that hurt you the most have to do with some of the people that you would protect to the end of the earth. And The hardest part of my job is knowing when to share vulnerably and really give you some context and when to keep myself and my story safe. So for today, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. I came out of my divorce to my children's father, a shell of a person. And sometimes when I tell this story, it's hard for people to really understand how far I've come. And sometimes I think I forget how far I've come because I quite literally had nothing left. I had no self-worth. I was a shell of a person. I didn't, um, I didn't really know how to rebuild or who to, um, to go to or turn to. And everything that I'd ever dreamt of fell apart. And I was in a relationship with somebody who really made me feel like it was all my fault. And despite being wise enough to look back and know that this person had a part in a lot of why the relationship ended and that I did too, um, I just sort of continued to 
stack the over-responsibility of, of the failed marriage onto myself. And in the process of intentionally rebuilding my self-worth and my identity, I many times attracted toxic people into my life. And that could be friends that I was aligning with. It could be um, advice and voices that I was listening to. And it was also the tiny little bit um, of breadcrumbs that I was accepting in romantic relationships. So as I began to move forward and date, I would accept things that felt like more than what I had received in my prior relationship. Um, And I didn't have the ability to see that I deserved far better than even that. So I got in this really bad habit of not trusting myself. And everybody kind of wants to know, well, did it just have to do with choosing the next partner? And the answer to that is no. I didn't trust myself in business. I didn't trust myself in my health and wellness, in my counseling, in my personal life. Um, I didn't trust myself with some of my family relationships. And it really made me wide open for other people to decide who I was or who I needed to be. And some of that at times in our lives when we're going through struggle is really good. If we have people around us who are really rallying for us and really ready and willing to teach us, that can be amazing. And there are many people that come into your life, whether it be someone who's good intentioned, but they don't necessarily know what's best for you, or whether it be someone who does not have good intentions. And regardless, at that season of my life, I was just wide open and exposed. And when I say exposed, I was wearing negative labels that I truly believe that other people could sense in me, almost like they knew that they could take advantage because it was a weakness that I possessed. Now, I didn't know at the time that I was offering up this entry point, this um, this negotiation, so to speak, of how somebody could um, influence me or affect me, I thought that I was just living my life and that my life at that time was incredibly hard. And so when I would share openly with people about things that I was going through, I oftentimes attracted people who were willing to take the same type of advantage of me as I had experienced in my past, which taught me that I was the problem. And what I really lacked was the ability to see that toxicity and put a boundary between myself and that person that was wanting access to me in that way. So that led me to make a another decision to get into a relationship that was um, really bad timing. It was kind of at the peak of my healing that I entered into the relationship as far as from a committed sense, and very quickly realized that some of my deepest rooted trauma and what I really needed to heal from was in motion and really active in the current relationship that I was in. Now, let me tell you the frustration that I had of having to decide and get out of yet another relationship that was toxic and unhealthy for me and was really making me an unhealthy person. Um, It was embarrassing. I had a ton of shame. I was angry. 
I was um, frustrated beyond measure. I think I possibly already said that. And what I realized as I had built myself or rebuilt myself for the second time is that I didn't align my future behavior patterns with the positive labels that I had collected. So even though I had rebuilt myself and I had learned to become empowered and confident in who I am today, I didn't yet learn how to show up differently so that those toxic people no longer had access to me. The last year and a half of my life has been a major boundary building year for me. Um, and it really spanned across different different uh, groups that I'm in, across the different types of people that I have relationships with. And one of the things that I that I really realized is that I didn't, in fact, lose my voice. I forgot how to use it. And so to end this episode today, if you are in a place where you are running on empty, or if you are running on other people's opinions and you have forgotten that you have a voice that you should be using, I want you to hear this poem and I want you to know that it's okay to start small. It is okay if it's not perfect the first time that you try. This poem is by Noelle Russo. She has a brilliant book out called Metonia. And she is a beautiful poet who has dealt with domestic violence and a lot of trauma in romantic relationships. Although a lot of her poetry inspires me to think of other hardships and other traumas in my life, I believe that this one will relate to you if you have ever been tagged by another person, you've ever been put down, over-influenced, or you've had your boundaries pushed and broken wide open where somebody has access to you that really should not have access to you. Here it goes. When you are learning to use your voice again, let it crack, let it shake, let it falter. The loudest voices start as a whisper. Thanks for joining me today on the podcast. And if you have a moment, decide today where on the scale from zero to 10 is your self-worth right now. Have a great day.